how she get it. Made a couple racks, I never asked how she get it. Welcome to Connect with Christina. And please welcome my friend Cynthia. Hi. <laughs> As we move forward with this podcast, it has just been so so obvious that um, we're able to help people out there um, with some of the topics that we talk about. Um, and, you know, every time we have a guest, it's just been constant where people are writing in, just saying thank you, or hey, I, I related to that, thank you for that episode, you know, I needed that. Um, that said, this is why we brought Cynthia here with us to share her story for the first time, um, a story I don't even know about. And the whole purpose is so that other people out there who may be going through the same thing, that they don't feel alone. So. Can I say it better myself? <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for being a brave soul. Thank you, Cloud Guts. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how our handles just follow us anywhere and everywhere. I literally call everybody by their handles. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, when you're ready, I would love to know how... You know, you grew up and your upbringing. And you're, okay. by the way, she's not from Arizona. She loves Arizona, but she's originally <laughs> from New Jersey. Yes. So I've been here like two and a half years. So obviously, I've got to meet this beautiful soul, and I'm super blessed to have good people in my life here. So super happy. So I guess I'm just going to dive in. I mean, it's kind of depressing a little bit, and it might be sensitive to a lot of people, but I also feel like my story can definitely help people, so I'm here to share it with you guys to know that you guys aren't alone, and I'm also about to be 30 years old, still dealing with childhood trauma and certain things that I'm trying to just move on and be a better person from, so I will just jump into it. <laughs> um, so my story starts off really weird, uh, so basically... Uh, my mom was maybe like 15 or 16 when uh, she was pregnant with me. Um, my dad was a little bit older in the military. And after he had got my mom pregnant, he uh, cheated on her with her little sister um, and married her. And uh, my mom, obviously, she was struggling at the time. And I don't think she was in a place where she can fully take care of me. So then um, my dad and my aunt kind of raised me and I feel like for a while when I was little I knew that she wasn't exactly like my mom but like she was to me because I didn't really know anything else um but I feel like you know where the way my mom grew up she had a lot of trauma herself like even at parties growing up when I was like four I literally can remember like the police showing up and my family literally doing drugs, drinking, and, like, beating the crap out of each other, and me and, like, my little cousin crying in the bathroom because, like, we didn't understand what was going on. So, like, my, I now that I'm older, I understand where my mom is coming from, and maybe she had trauma that she never was able to get over, but also she, the way that she was raised affected me, um, and the way my dad was raised affected me. Um, so, obviously, my dad cheated on my mom. I've seen him so many times put a knife to my mom's neck, a chainsaw once, and I was little trying to push him off of her. And it came to a point where I don't think that, like, I was her real child. So 
you know, when he would do certain things to me and, like, he was in the military and he would, like, go, she would um, abuse me. And, and now looking back, I kind of feel like it was because she might hate me because um, because I was not hers. And I was, like, a constant reminder, thank you, of, um, you know, like her sister and all of that. Um, and it was just really hard because growing up, like, my parents had money. They tried to put me in private school, just, like like do everything like I was always a first honor honor roll kid but I was also terrified of my mom and she made me feel terrible about myself all the time and I never felt good enough my mom and my dad were never really like people to hug me or be like hey you did a good job and I was a good kid like I wasn't even allowed out of the house like I never went to like one high school party never did anything because my mom didn't let me out to do anything um so it was, like, for me looking back and realizing, like, what a good kid I actually was and that I really didn't deserve it, um, that sucks. Um, and I just remember so many times, that, like, my mom started drinking so much, and I think that she was very depressed in her relationship with my dad. Um, and so, like, I remember as I started to get older and I started to voice my opinion, like, I don't want you to hit me. I don't want you to do this. Like, this is not okay. Um, I think you guys call it CPS over here, but over on the East Coast, we call it Dyphus. I had someone sleeping on my floor for a, a while um, because my school noticed belt marks all over me when I went to school. Um, and uh, I just remember how much in trouble I was for being honest about that situation. And at that point, like, I, uh, my, my aunt or my mom was constantly kicking me out of the house. Like, I would come home and there would be garbage bags of all my stuff. How old were you when this was happening? Um, probably, like, 14 to 17. I had to deal with that. Um, and but when did the abuse start? I would say four Four years um, old. I, remem I remember this. Like, it's, like, engraved in my head. I remember my dad was away uh, in the military. And um, so I don't remember what I did. I think I caught my bangs or something. And uh, my mom literally put a chair in the middle of the kitchen. And I had, like, my favorite shirt on. It was, like, a Winnie the Pooh shirt. And she told me to sit there because I was in trouble. And then she just started hitting me. And, like, she literally ripped, like, my shirt. Like, I remember because that was my favorite shirt. Ripped me out. I fell with the chair. And I just, like, and I thought it was normal. Like, I thought everybody had this life. And then when you start to talk to people or, like, whatever, and you realize, like, oh, crap. Like, this is not normal. This is not okay. Like, you know, you don't feel safe ever. And at that point, like, I didn't have any other family in my life either to, like, talk to. I didn't have siblings to talk to, so I was completely alone in everything dealing with this. Um, and it just it hurts. It hurts a lot because more than anything, like, I would have good days with my mom where we'd go to, like, my swim practice, and she'd be like, she'd be like, oh, wow, you did good today. And, like, it would be some moments like that. And then I'm, like, happy because I feel like I got her validation and her approval. And there were some days where she would drink, like, a whole thing of wine and like be stumbling everywhere and tell me how much she hates me and how much I ruined her life and like hit me. Um, you know, I just remember so many times her actually like fighting with me and like 
me just like I was scared to walk past her in the hallway like I was always ducking I was always you know like she literally fucking destroyed me um it was just really uh it's a lot for me to handle um I feel like uh growing up also dealing with that like I was homeless um at a point like I didn't have food I didn't have anything and my dad didn't talk to me because my mom basically said it's me or her and so my dad chose his wife over me and I just remember being putting myself in really crazy situations to make money and to try to be okay um and I I struggled a lot, you know, like I thought that this was my life and this is what I was going to amount to. And there was no way for me to everything. Now you need credit. You need a car to get to a job. You need, you know, like it just seems so impossible at that point. Um, and more than anything, and I feel like everybody can relate no matter what your parents do. You always wish they were around. You know what I mean? Like you wish that things were different. You wish they got better. And throughout the years, I feel like I've um, tried to give them several chances, like, you know, and try to open up and try to help and try to be there. And every time they disappoint me. So are they still together now? So they're they're separated. And then you were never in contact with your actual mom. Until I was like maybe older. Yeah. And then I met her. My, mom, my real mom has lupus. I tried having a relationship with her several times, um, and it's, it's terrible because I genuinely don't feel like she loves me. I feel like she tried to use me for money. Um, she, she was not too far from the way my aunt treated me. They grew up in the same household. I didn't expect things to be different. But my real mom is a uh, she has lupus and she's addicted to um, a medication to sleep. She gets it off the street now if she doesn't get prescribed it. So it's just like she would never really be present, never really be there, always wanting money from me to do this. So like even when I did try to reach out, like I was like, wow, like God gave me basically three parents, right, to grow up. And not one of them can act right. Like not one of them can be there for me. I don't trust one of them. You know, in the beginning of the episode, you I, you mentioned that right away in the beginning, you said that because they also had a, a bad upbringing. And I just want to point that out because uh, you're showing your heart and trying to, there's no excuse, obviously. Yeah. But it's it's crazy that despite what you went through, you're, you're somehow considering that, well, they didn't know better because they were raised this way. I mean, it still yeah. doesn't make it okay, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. And I feel like mental health in the, you know, more recent years has become more of a focus because of how many people are dying from it. But I feel like back in the day, like when people were not okay or whatever, people were like, you'll get over it, you'll be fine. Or they, or they embarrass you and make you feel... Like you're crazy or something. Right. So it's like, I understand the hard life that my mom and my aunt have had. But I also... Be, me being almost 30 now and seeing the life that I had, which branched off of them, and I'm nothing like them, it makes me wonder, like, why didn't they heal themselves? Why didn't they try to be better? Why didn't they stuck in the same toxic cycle that my family has been in for so long? Like, 
you know, just like gang violence, drugs, alcohol, like, like that's how my whole family is. Um, it's part of the reason why I want to move to Arizona was to kind of get away because my parents always try to reach out to me and I know, and it hurts me so, some like so much sometimes to like block them or to just say, I don't trust you and uh, this is not for me right now because obviously I want them in my life, but I don't, I've given them so many chances to hurt me and it's like for me to turn cold towards them, it hurts. Because even like, like I said, like after I was homeless and I was finally had a job and my credit was getting better and I was finally a good place because I completely had to rebuild myself by myself. Like I had to live in the smallest basement apartment in the hood <laughs> um, for a while that was like $500 a month just to like get back on my feet. Um, and I would work all the time and I... And I tried everything to do better for myself. And then finally, once I was, I hit rock bottom, felt defeated, I got so sick of feeling that way that I was like, you know what, I can't rely on somebody to turn my life around. Like, I have to do this. And once I started doing better for myself, then my parents wanted to come around. And it pissed me off because I was like, I really freaking needed you. Like, there was a point, even when I was, when I, uh, when I was 17 and I and I wind up having to get an apartment on my own because I kept getting kicked out all the time and it was I knew it wasn't a stable environment for me and I wasn't going to wait to like not have a home but I was full-time college student full-time work had my own apartment like I was literally doing everything possible by myself and paying like paying off my school loans doing all this stuff my parents tried to come around and literally as soon as their relationship started to get rocky again, I was in between it. And, like, then my mom started... That's really when, like, it took a really bad turn. I, I looked at her and I didn't even recognize her. Um, she literally, like, came to my job, tried to, like, act crazy. I was a manager there. Acted like a nut. And I'm like, can I bring you outside, please? Like, can you stop? This is my job. Like, you're not even in my life like that. Why, why are you here? So I walk outside. She tries to run me over with her car. Oh and, I, my and that's goodness. the last time I saw her. Um, so it's like, that's the last time I gave her a chance at all. Like, I was like, I, I literally can't do this. And even more recently, I've been very emotional because in the last month, she has been reaching out and she's, um, she's in like a shelter and stuff now. And um, back in New Jersey? Yeah, back in New Jersey. Uh, she has no job. She has no car. And like, back in the day, I told you, my parents had money back in the day. Um, my mom was like a district manager and she always looked good and put herself together like very strong woman so regardless of like how she was with me she had it together and then like after everything happened like I look at her and it's it's so saddening to see that like this is where her life has turned out you know like the alcoholism like being depressed going through a toxic relationship you know, she's still not healed and she's still she's still not being the best to me. And I still only have sympathy for her. Have you had the opportunity as an adult to talk to her about your trauma? I did. Um, she actually has emailed me several times. And I said, uh, she always, I feel like she reaches out and she just tries to act like, she's like, hey, Sin, like, how's your day? I'm like, <laughs> do you not, um, like, realize, like, how much trauma I have now because of your decisions and your actions and I had to tell her this and I was like I don't trust you I can't forgive you right now because you literally 
made I literally even as an adult now I feel like there's a little girl inside me that's always sad and she's always looking for her parents that are never there that will never step up to the bar to be parents and uh I feel like she messed me up a little bit so it is very hard to just open my arms up to somebody who's showed you several times of why you cannot trust them you know and I feel like having those issues with my family affects my everyday relationships. It's really hard for me to trust people. I have like abandonment issues as well. So I always think that people are just gonna leave um, and not be there for me. I always feel like I give a lot more than I receive. And my parents were the first people to kind of show me that. And it, I feel like a lot of my life, it hasn't changed. Um, you are so brave, and I'm so glad you're here. And every day I know you try so hard to, you know, be a better version of yourself and be good to other people. I know you check up on me. You're always texting me. Um, I want to ask you, Cynthia, like, in, you know, what are the steps, I guess, if you will, that you've taken in your journey to try to to deal with your trauma and try to get better? Like, do you have, do you see a therapist? Like, what are some of the things that you've done that has helped you? Um, when I was little, when, like, Dyfus was involved, that's when I first started, like, a therapy thing um, with them. Um, and uh, I, I don't know, I, w I was a lot younger, and um, my mom kept telling them that I was lying, so I don't really know from my end what really happened, like the full situation. Um, but going forward, I've tried medication. I've had uh, another therapist twice as an adult. Um, I, have, uh, I have a medical marijuana card now that helps me with the stress, but obviously it's not a fixer-upper for anything, just like the medication. Um, sometimes I feel like therapists are, can be good for you, but I also feel like it's a lot of... Um, reflection and you really have to try to understand your emotions um it's kind of hard to explain I've been on a very long discovery of like why am I the way I am why do I act a certain way with friendships or relationships like I'm an overgiver I'm a people pleaser I always need validation from people like these are all the things that have stemmed from that so I you know how much I respect you for sitting here and saying those things like you are so brave to have you know, self-acknowledgement and, like, being accountable for yourself? I am very aware, very aware of, like, my emotions and things that I need to work on and things I need to fix. Um, but I feel like the first start and something that really has helped me become better is trying to understand yourself. Like, sometimes you have to go back and pick apart your life and try to understand, and that's why, you know, we were just talking about this like, I look at my parents and I understand that I don't trust them and things, but I do understand that they also had it rough and they weren't strong enough to get help and to get better. And that's why they're still stuck in their situation. Well, and that's the part that I say you show your heart because, you know, you're acknowledging that they had it rough too. And of course, it doesn't make it right, but just you have a big heart to even acknowledge that, you know? No, so, I so I was um, kind of sharing earlier, I, I was in property management for 18 years. So I have a lot of respect for all the landlords and property management because it's not what you think it is. It's not a real, you know, like a real estate 
admin job. You were literally so many things, so many hats in an eight-hour period. You know, you're uh, a lot of times, depending on the demographics, you could be a social worker, psychiatrist, psychologist. But that's why a lot of the property management people and the man, you know, landlords, like you have, it's like almost like being a teacher too. Like it's a special, you have to be, you're different. You're built different. To be a property manager, you have, to, you pretty much have to be built that way. Like, you know, compassionate, you have a big heart, but still be able to run, a, you know, like a multi-million dollar, you know, property because you still have to do all, of you know, you still have to do your job. But mm -hmm. in the core, there's just the best of them, you know, function so much more than what they're there for because we are exposed to a lot, like child abuse. You know, I had one that I was sharing earlier where it's a four-year-old little boy and uh, I noticed he had cigarette butts, you know, and I had to call CPS. And then it ended up being a bigger case. It, it was on TV and he had broken bones, you know, um, he had concussions, uh, other marks, bruises, and unfortunately, even more than that. So, you know, and he was a young boy, four years old. Um, so it happens a little bit more than we wanted to and obviously you're an example you're an adult now um so i it's you know i thank you for sharing your story and it's sad because you know right now it's happening to someone no i agree and i feel bad because especially with covid and everything that just happened you know kids being homeschooled like my heart gave because i used to hate being home my heart literally felt so much for every child that is stuck home with an abusive parent or somebody like that won't maybe feed them that wasn't my case but like won't have food for them at home and won't have that you know it's really sad and like I just sympathize with anybody who's had a like a tough childhood and I feel like a lot of people say like family is everything and it's like what if you don't have a family then where do you go from then like I've always been like a lone wolf. I've always had to do for myself. I spent holidays by myself. If I don't have me, nobody else has me. And sometimes it's really freaking depressing. Um, so but but I have seen you open up to a lot of people. And you're allowing people to come into your life. So, you know, I commend you for that. Um, but you're but you're teaching us that basically based on the, a childhood like that, you you that it stays with you that it's something that you you have to keep you know dealing with oh yeah like literally I feel like even for this hop this you know obviously I haven't seen my parents or anything in maybe like five six years now and I feel like this month alone I think I've cried almost almost every day about situations and how their actions had made me feel and now I feel like this broken person sometimes that can't just live a normal life like, some people are just able to go out and do things and feel okay or have a um, perfectly fine, like, uh, relationship with somebody that they're dating. And because I have all of these issues, I constantly worry about these things. Um, and it makes it a lot harder on me when you're trying to move on, you're trying to do the best for you. But it's like, it's literally like a ball and chain weighing you down because you're always afraid of feeling those same emotions. You're always afraid of feeling those triggers again. 
Um, and it's, I'm very, lately especially, I feel like it's very easy to trigger me. Um, like even uh, with my boyfriend, Austin, I going to give an example. Like if he doesn't talk to me in two hours, I think he doesn't love me anymore. Um, and it's because I'm constantly seeking that validation because I've never received it from my parents. Like I've never received, you know, like the hugs, the loves, like you're so amazing. I love you. Like I never got that. So like if I don't have a partner that is like that, it makes me feel not valued as a person. And it makes me kind of like turn into a hermit a little bit because I'm like, I feel like nobody will ever love me in all this case. And even though it's not, you know, it's the way I feel sometimes. And it's always a worry of that somebody's just going to wake up one day and not care about you and throw you on the street. So shout out to the people out there that when they say, hey, let me know if you need anything and actually mean it. Because, you know, sometimes you come across people and they say that, but when you actually need them, they're not there. So to those people that extend their homes, their heart to other people, especially in your situation, like shout out to you guys. Um, and obviously, Cynthia, like your goal. Real quick, can you pull the mic a little closer? Sorry, Dave. Yeah, you're all good. You're all good. Yeah, we're good. Um, obviously, your goal is to deal with your trauma and hopefully one day overcome that, right? Mm -hmm. To learn, I mean... You talk about having kids, and I know just from, you know, our conversations, you're looking forward to make, to being a, a great mother, right? So this whole process, like, it's, it's that. It's a process, but your end goal is to, over, to obviously overcome that. Of course, and, like, also just being on the opposite end of things, you realize how things that your parents do or people around you do that could affect you and your mental and your growing years when you're younger. So, like, going forward and have had the life that I've had, I feel like I will be so, you know, focused on, like, not doing certain things to damage my child. Like, I remember how it feels to be a certain way. So I feel like I will make sure I do everything possible to make them feel that love that I never received. So I feel like, in turn, healing myself and realizing everything and like that very much self-realization is only going to make me a better wife one day it's going to make me a good mom and I'm eventually going to have that family that I always wanted right you know spend the holidays and you will and positive yeah yeah I mean, you will I'm excited for that but I'm still going through my process of healing and mm -hmm. um it's not easy it's not right and to go back a little bit like at what age were you aware I think you touched on it a little bit but like uh, what at what age were you like oh my gosh, like, this should not be happening. I think I was in high school. In high um, school? Yeah, I think I was in high school, and uh, one of my friends, like, had a birthday, and she was like, hey, you should come. And I was like, oh, my mom doesn't, like, let me, doesn't let me go out. And she was like, what? Your mom doesn't let you go out? And I had to explain, like, how my mom was. And I was like, yeah, my mom will literally drag me by my hair if I snuck out or did anything. I was terrified to do anything wrong because of my mom. Um, and my friend was just looking at me like I had five heads, like, and, like, just hugged me and was like, are you okay? I remember even one time my little cousin, um, she's in the military now, but she came over to hang out with me, and she witnessed my mom, like, beating the crap out of me for something so, like, minuscule, like, something so little. And she started shaking, crying. And then, like, when I talked to her, she was like, I didn't know that you lived like this. 
she's like, you can't do this. Like, this is not okay. Like, I don't live a life like this. This is not normal. And, like, it kind of was, like, a self-realization for people that were in my life to tell me that this isn't. And then I'm like, wow, okay. Like, what do I do? Where do I go from here? And that's when I started trying to protect myself. I remember, uh, I think I was, like, 16. And um, it was after the whole DIFA situation, and my parents kind of got in trouble for certain things. And I remember I literally woke up out of my bed in the morning. It was, like, a Saturday, Sunday morning. And my mom just came in and chucked a whole coffee cup at me. It just hit me. For, for what reason? I have no idea. And she was like, you did this. You, you're messing up everything and, like, trying to, like, put everything on me. And I was like, what? Because I'm trying to defend myself? Because I'm voicing myself in my opinion? I was like, I'm not your punching bag. I was like, I'm supposed to be your daughter. I'm not your punching bag. And this is not normal. And this is not okay. And then she literally, I remember she got on top of me. And she started, like, hitting me. Um, she ripped my shirt and everything. My dad had to come in and get her off of me. And I remember running to the front door, trying to open it to get out because I didn't want her to attack me anymore. And she like, came behind me and slammed the door and then like beat me in the corner. And I was like, literally, I was like, next time I'm going to school, I'm not coming home. Did they go to jail for that? No, like police what was came, the- like the report and everything. And like, like I said, Dyfus was involved. But my parents were very good at putting on an act. Nobody, like, when I was little, like, school called, anything. I was emotional at school, like, scared to go home. Remember, I got a bad grade once, and I was shaking, terrified to go home. And my teacher's like, what's wrong? And I was like, my mom's going to hit me. I can't bring this home. Can you give me a better grade? I can't bring this home. So I think the teachers started to realize that I was scared of my parents so there was a lot of conversations but I feel like they always made it seem like oh we just want her to do good in school and they put on this act and it wasn't until I was older that I feel like they couldn't fake it anymore like the like they were in the newspaper I remember there was police um, on my block and all the neighbors were out and a few kids on the block went to my school and like I was kind of known in the town as like being that girl that had those parents um, and then there was I feel no like way that believed me. Yeah, like, there's no way that was easy. Believed me because my mom would never want me to say anything. Like, why did you tell this person this? Like, like if it was a big deal to tell people that she wasn't my real mother, I'm like, well, if they ask, like, why? Why do I have to lie? I don't have to keep up with what you want me to do. I'm an adult, you know. Like, it is what it is at this point. But like, it sucked for so many years not being heard and not having one person that really believed me and what was going on and I don't feel like the system really did too much they just kept telling me if you keep running away we're gonna gonna have to put you in a home and I didn't want to go into a home so I had to deal with it with the situation at hand and when did you leave again um I feel like several times I tried to get out but I officially left when I was 17 okay um and I was just so sick of that and I was dating someone at the time and his family was you know, seeing me go through this whole thing. So they were protecting me for the first time ever. And, and you know, organizations like CPS here or that one in New Jersey, like, thank goodness that they exist, yeah. you know, because it's just sad to think about how so many people want kids and medically they can't. And then so some, you know, when people have kids and they don't take care of them, it just, it's, it's awful. I know. I, I agree. And, um, like I said, I had them sleeping on my floor for a while, and I remember how safe I felt in my own bed for a while, that my mom wasn't going to just start arguing with me, come hit me for whatever reason. And um. Well, you know, 
and I know we're approaching our time, but and I know you still have a long process, a long journey in your healing, but I just want to commend you for being here and for, you know, trying to to deal with your trauma and, and healing and getting better and you're so kind to everyone um, even though you're broken and you try to be there for other people um, and I, I know that you're going to get better so but before we leave you know anyone that could relate to you what do you want to say to them it's not always easy but if you like I said if you self-reflect and you really try to understand yourself and realize that you don't deserve those things and you want better for yourself it's kind of like that perseverance like and I've hit a rock bottom where I was homeless and I didn't have any hope in the world that my life would be anything other than that and it was at that point where I got literally got mad and I was like no I'm gonna do this and I literally became a model and you know, I started making money and I paid off my school loans and I've had really good jobs before. Like I literally transformed my life. My, my credit a few years ago was like under a 400 and now it's like over 700 and it's just literally the matter of a few years. Congrats. I literally, thank you. Like I literally changed my whole life around. I'm able to eat steak when I want now. I'm able to <laughs> enjoy certain things that is normal to other people. And I never thought that I would have certain things. So I'm very grateful for my progress and everything I do have, and I'm not 100% yet. Yeah, I just remember uh, at one point, like, having a slice of bread in, like, a Ziploc bag, and I was, like, preserving that bread for when I felt like I needed it because there would be days that I wouldn't eat, and literally it came to a point where, like, I no longer was even hungry. Um, I just, it, it just completely, probably was malnourished and everything, like, just to have freaking water or something simple, going to uh, certain restaurants, going to use the bathroom, stealing their toilet paper. Like, I'm not against stealing, not telling anybody to do that, but that's just a prime example of, like, the simple things that I did not have at a certain point. And now, when my fridge is full, when I'm able to cook and make a full-on, like, beautiful meal, or I'm able to have things in my house, I have toilet paper, I have jugs of water, have things like that, you can't imagine how grateful I am for that. And I feel like, yes, I'm not rich. I'm not, I don't have everything in the world I could possibly want, but I feel like I'm so simple because of me having those basic necessities when I had it in the past. Is this why you're so passionate and super good at cooking? Yes, I feel like <laughs> I am Italian and Puerto Rican, so I feel like I naturally have that in me to want to cook and stuff but I feel like there was a point where like I just had to eat what was there and I didn't really have a choice if I wanted to be able to be okay um so definitely in the future I definitely want to open up a restaurant I want to cook I want to share my food with people I would probably even jump into doing things where I will literally just go somewhere and give a bunch of free food out because everybody deserves to have a good meal at the end of the day so anybody that has a business that does that or um, you go to the soup kitchens on the holidays and you volunteer time just to help and to make other people feel nourished and feel good, like that's so important and you're amazing for that. And I hope to do that the same thing one day. You know, it's, I think it's powerful that you are so aware of the healing that you need so that your future kids don't get to say, well, my mom was damaged, so they she did it to us so i know for a fact you're gonna be a wonderful mom thank 
So, thank you for coming here. You are such a brave soul. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I hope I can help a lot of people if they see this. And um, yeah, hang in there, guys. Thank you for being here at Connect with Christina, aka Cut Gods. Hey. <laughs>